but it's just airplanes, so it's not, it's it's, not really no this is This is the best seat in the house. It's, it's got a runway in the front yard. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. How you doing? Eight thirty on on uh, on Friday morning. So, uh, but it's 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 an Oshkosh eight thirty. So it's not really as early as I don't know what that means exactly. Um, <laughs> I do. <laughs> You're doing great, Jeb. We're proud of you. I I cannot thank you enough for your support. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's a story here. Do you see this story? It's in USA Today, our favorite one of our favorite aviation publications. Yes. USA Today said. <laughs> Uh, a boy stole two planes for a joyride, and now the pilots at the airport want to teach him how to fly. <laughs> now, hmm. there's, 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 there is a punchline. It's in an that onion story. thing. There's layers here. All right, yeah. there's layers. It's not an onion thing. The publication is apparently a real story. Um, they, uh, uh, a 13-year-old boy in eastern China, oh, oh, China, um, has reported they've been fined for stealing two planes and taking them on a jury at a local airport. Um, but now the airport, airport staff are so impressed by his skill that they're gonna, he's going to be soon be taking lessons. Well, if he's flown, he, he, he crashed one of them, so I'm not sure about the skill level thing. Oh, really? You, so you know more about this story than well, I, I do? Well, yeah. I did. I did read it, but he crashed one of them and apparently landed the other one successfully or something like that, and, and then they took notice. Yeah, uh, along with the local constabulary, of course. Right, but, but so he doesn't. He knows how to. Well, okay, crash one, so I guess he doesn't know how to fly them. But uh, well, there's a lot of people around here who know how to fly, but yet have crashed an airplane. Hey, is there a story for us? You have a story? For no, us? I don't have a story. Oh, okay, but, <clears throat> but some of the names I'll, are prominent. Yeah, okay. Poor Dave. It's really early in the morning for David. You want one of these, David? Is that going to help you? I went for frog legs last night, and I didn't realize they were going to be raw. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so the kid's going to be taught. But I, I, you know, I don't know. I just there's, you know, he stole two airplanes, and we're going to reward him with well, flying lessons. I guess that's the, the the ticket to you know getting your ATP. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, all right. Well, there's another thing you could tell us about. Is that it, did you do your ATP and stolen airplanes? I guess is the question. I would imagine not, or not let's, that you're going to say here this morning. Let's talk about something now else. that you know that the microphones are on, right? Yeah. What uh, this, this is a story, McGruff, the crime dog's not going to lie, like very much because it shows that sometimes crime does pay. I know, I know. Whatever became of that kid who kept stealing airplanes? You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I do know who you're talking. I, I thought he was incarcerated. Uh, I don't know. Does anybody out there know about? You know the story we're talking about a few years back, where there was a kid in I want to say the Pacific Northwest, but uh, well, he ended up. Somewhere in the Bahamas. That was the barefoot. The bare, one, right? barefoot, the barefoot bandit. Barefoot yeah. bandit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he kept stealing airplanes, and uh, mm-hmm. um, and eventually got caught. And I, as I recall, he was apologetic, and and I think you're right. I think he got some time. And he, did, he didn't cancel his flight plan. That's how they found. Him. Yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. How does that work these days? By the way. So. I don't know. I always cancel my flight plan. Okay. Because now they can, you know, of course, in the old days, they'd come and they'd send a cop car out to, you know, your destination airport to see if your tail number was on the ramp. Um, right? Well, they start by just calling around the FBOs. Okay. Do you have November 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 on your ramp? Yeah. And if the answer is no, they keep checking. They go to the next one, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, and it gets more involved, and then they get involved with the family or you know whatever. But these days, you've probably put your cell phone number on the flight plan, so you know they could call that and say, "Oh yeah, they do call you." Yeah. 
They'll call you. They'll yeah. text you. They'll try to get a hold of you directly. Again, this is you know I have limited knowledge in this area because I you always, always cancel always my cancel plan. your flight plan. Okay, yeah, but they uh, do keep track. Oh, really? Yeah. So if you've failed to cancel your flight plan, you have a, a, a tick mark against you on some ledger someplace. Well, the next time you file, somebody at the flight service will roll their eyes and go, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, David, I doubt that. I don't know. Oh, here we go. Oh, it's true. You can feel it in your lungs. You really can. Oh, there's more than one of them. It's it's a mystery to me why the local residents of Oshkosh leave town this week. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> they don't like this, you mean? Like, I can't explain it. I, I'm notoriously bad at aircraft craft identification. It, those are 22s or 35s? 35s. 35s. Um, that was pretty impressive, actually. You could Even in the daylight, you could see the uh, afterburner plumes. and that's, uh, that's the first time I've had to cover my ears all week, and mainly because it got picked up in the mics. And you could hear it. And the, I could hear it. In the headphones. In the, in yeah. the headphones. Yeah. Wasn't there a Carol King song that follows this? I felt the earth move. <laughs> it was a little bit of that. I, yeah. I don't think it was about airplanes, uh, yeah. the song. But. Yeah. Um, are we not hearing David very well? Yeah, okay. There we go. Let's do it. Hello. Is he coming through the speakers? Yeah, he is. Okay. He's coming through the headset. <laughs> uh, so uh, the Barefoot Bandit's in jail. The Chinese kid's going to learn how to fly. He's going to become an ATP. And there is no justice in the world. And uh, <laughs> there's no justice in the world. <laughs> Welcome, folks, to Uncontrolled Airspace, the General Aviation Podcast. I'm Jack Hodgson, coming to you this morning from uh, one of our favorite places in the world, uh, hanging out with a whole bunch of our favorite friends here. Um, we're on the flight line of uh, uh, AirVenture Oshkosh 2019, uh, uh, being the guests of the Home Builders HQ here, uh, out in their picnic table area. I believe they call this the Haven, the Home Builders Haven. And uh, uh, we're here for our second live audience show. We've got a, a really nice uh, a gathering of folks here listening to us. So, uh, um, they, you know, there's... They, we didn't scare them away either Tuesday night, Tuesday morning, or last night, and that's kind of nice. Um, in addition to all these, all my all my uh, listener friends here, I have uh, three of my very very good flying friends here. Uh, first of all, sitting right to my right uh, from uh, normally from Wichita, Kansas, is uh, Dave Higdon. Good morning, David. Good morning, Jack. That's it. We're, <laughs> we're up and running. I'm saving as many zingers as I can. For the yeah. Okay. I thought I was going to be the one that lost my voice as a result of talking to everybody at the party last night, but apparently you're. Uh, I don't even know what I sound like this morning. Yeah, you're a little, you're a little froggy, a little gravelly, a little whatever. But uh, is that bloody raw frog? Yeah, but you're 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 up. What what is it you like to say? You're up in ambulatory. You're uh, upright ambulatory, taking nourishment and not in the morning obituary. So yeah. I'm poor. <laughs> there we go. The there day. we go. That's, and uh, another of my good friends here from uh, uh, normally from somewhere near Sarasota, Florida, is Jeb Burnside. Good morning, Jeb. Good morning, Jack. How are you, sir? I'm doing pretty good. And good. Uh, I know you're the one that's legendarily bad at being up in the morning. Although. <laughs> 
in 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 your defense, I and I will say this out loud: you, you were up wandering around the campsite at like like six six thirty this morning. I was waiting for you to wake me up. Yeah, well, it was just a <laughs> nap. You asked for a six thirty wake up call, and I was going to give it to you, and I you did. wandered out just prior to that. I did six twenty nine. I'm still, you know, I still haven't. Heard, seen, or, or yep. you know, gotten yep. any input your, from you. So I, your eyes were open like that much, uh-huh. and you wandered to the porta potty and the place where the coffee is. In, pretty much in that order. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And finally, another really good friend is uh, from uh, also somewhere near Sarasota, Florida, but not quite as near. And she's somewhere near Fort Myers, Florida. Is uh, Amy Loboda? Hi, Amy. How you doing? Hi, Jack. How are you this morning? <laughs> I guess what, what this whole inter- interchange is telling me is we have to talk to our friend Charlie about these eight thirty in the morning starts. Is this like? Well, that, that's part of it, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> or or more coffee, one or the other. It's okay. The water's uh-huh. fine. The water's very thoughtful. Um, this time of day, coffee would be more appropriate. Well, there actually is coffee around the corner. Um, I'll be right back. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. Can I get a biscuit with that? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on in the world of aviation? Um, just in the last couple of days, uh, the uh, Congress uh, uh, confirmed uh, the a new administrator. Right. Um, who, who is this person? <laughs> this is really going to be the way it's going to be all morning long. Steve Dixon? He's, he's a former Delta airline pilot. Um, he was like vice president of safety, as I recall, or, or operations or something at Delta for some time. Um, and he's about the only one who could get through confirmation. Right. And now. of course, he is a household name tomorrow. Yeah, well, okay. He, he, I mean, do we know anything more about him? I guess, I guess, sadly, we're happy that it's, it's a tolerable appointment, right? I mean, is it? The opportunities for mischief in that position were too great. Um, so yeah, we're definitely uh, um, happy, if you will, that, uh-huh. that the position is filled with someone with an aviation background. Is all I can say. Period. <laughs> yeah. Did he make it here? So uh, when was the meet the boss session? It was usually on Thursday, right? Um, Wednesdays or Thursdays? Yeah. I didn't know. He, he, he did not make it to, to the meet the boss. So the I, don't act- know, I don't know that they had a meet the boss. Uh, okay. Session. Did anybody attend? Was there a meet the boss session? Who, who was Elwell? Elwell? Elwell, the acting was there. I knew okay, it, I knew it, I knew it. Yeah. Did they talk about the new guy? You know, did you? You apparently attended. <laughs> what, what, what was the hot subject? Come what, up here. <laughs> what did people want to talk about? We talked mainly about the mosaic and our new program for bringing new equipment into aviation, bringing some non-certified stuff into Part Twenty Three planes. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot going on there, by the way. Yeah. What What is that again? A mosaic? Yeah, tell us what that is. Oh, man. Um, I'm not sure what the acronym stands for, but it's um, a, a, an effort to further what I would use. I would use the word deregulate uh, uh, Part 23 certification rules for aircraft and perhaps Part 91 uh, a little bit, too. Um, think of... Um, a, a, a vintage certified airplane um, that you can work on yourself or um, maybe one that you want to uh, put in the experimental category and put in experimental avionics for for example um, that's a 
very short, quick answer to a complicated topic. But uh-huh. D- J- David, do you have any perspective on that? I have heard from some of my association friends about this. They were stunned. They were angry. You know, it's like the inmates are running the asylum. You're talking about the mosaic thing. Talking about this idea of uh, putting a whole bunch of certified airplanes under an experimental certificate okay. of some type. Okay. And uh, the, the proposal's working its way through the, the labyrinth of people it's got to go through. And it's going to go through the staff, it's got to go through the Office of Management and Budget. DOT has to sign off of it, and then we'll get a uh, notice of proposed rulemaking, at which time that those who feel motivated can scream and say, what whiskey tangle foxtrot is this for? Because they just finished this big Part 23 rewrite that was years in the making. And now, in the perspective of some of the association people, it's just, they just want to dismember it. Somewhere. Uh-huh. Okay. Jeb, I'm told Jeb would be better if the microphone were a little closer to you, so just kind of get it in there. Yeah, I know. Thank you. Um, it's a little early to, to tell how any of that's going to get resolved, so a little early to really identify any firm proposals uh, at this stage. Uh, but there are some people uh, hitting the alarm button. Um, we'll, we'll hear about this in the next few weeks slash months. Um, but it's yeah, as Dave correctly notes. It's this a long way from being resolved. Okay, all right, yeah. Um, what else is going on here? Uh, the, one one bit of follow up from a from a previous episode. Um, I, we were talking. I think this was kind of parenthetical to another topic, but we were talking about the right of way rules in flight. You know, the go to the right, go to the left. You know, these kinds of things. Um, and we were, as always, unsure <laughs> exactly where they came from, so we made something up. Um, and uh, <laughs> listener ATC Ben, who isn't here by the way, just that would be something, wouldn't it? Uh, listener ATC Ben checked in on Twitter and said um, he, he, he writes, uh, "Aviation right of way rules came from the nautical." right-of-way rules, he says. Um, and he suggests also that sitting on the left may have come from this as well. Um, but then he, he, he does observe that helicopters pilots sit on the right. So, um, but uh, Oh, and he refers to an Airplane Geeks, one of our fellow uh, aviation podcasts. Airplane Geeks apparently did an episode where they asked um, someone from Sikorsky about this, although ATC Ben doesn't tell us what the answer is. So I guess we're all, all going to have to dig out that episode of Airplane Geeks. It'll be on the next Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. yeah. No, Jeopardy. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. that is a good Jeopardy question. It is a good Jeopardy well, question. Well, what would the, first of all, there are no th- such, there's no such thing as Jeopardy questions, but... Uh, <laughs> answers. Excuse me. Uh, but what would, what would the Jeopardy answer be? It would be... It would be on the right. So oh, that's just then you would have to ask the question: Is, yeah. it, is that yeah. the pilot in command of that's a helicopter right. or an airplane? Aviation that's right, Alex. One thousand. <laughs> yeah, Alex. I'll take uh, uh, answers that could have any number of possible questions for one thousand, please. Well, right. The, yeah. other, the other thing we got from the maritime is the uh, color coding of our recognition lights. Correct. You know that's the uh, and my my. my my little mnemonic for never confusing this is red is not right. Red is not right. Red is left. <laughs> and but, it works for me. Yeah. Well. Okay. <laughs> now I'm trying to remember how I, I had a mnemonic too, and now I've, I'm losing it here. It had to do with, 
ironically, red wine. Um, oh, tell tell us. Port, 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 red, port. Am I right? No, now am I right about this? Is is the red light on the left? Yes. So, you, port wine. I, I guess that's port, really working port for is you. left. <laughs> When you're when you're motoring down a waterway and there are red and green buoys marking red, the sides, red, right, returning. There you go, there you go. Yeah. So, um, and watch your wake speed. And watch your wake speed. That's right. Yeah. Be careful about the uh, the uh, manatees. You don't want to run over the manatees, man. Uh, what's that say again? Guess what? Our, our speed units from Maritime. Uh, true. That's right. Of course, knots are uh, yeah are have something to do with. Knots with rope with the <laughs> okay big long string with knots on it and they put a float out in the water yeah and the string play and, out and counted the knots counted the knot but how 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 far apart were the knots on the rope Couldn't tell about you. one knot apart yeah okay. yeah all right, okay all right I I gotta find my little note here where what's next here um, there's another side here yeah sailing vessels put into port with their left side against the keg. Is is that a standard? I didn't know that. Is for about seven hundred years. Well, well, it's too soon to tell. (laughs) Another one of those new developments. (laughs) The left side always goes to the you know whatever the dock or the yeah. All right, that's kind of interesting. And unlike left and right, port and starboard are referenced off the bow. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's interesting because I do know that in at least in, way back in the age of you know sailing ships, uh, military sailing ships, the uh, um, it, it made a big difference whether you you um, arrived in your you know uh, a launch on the left side or the right side. If you if you were a you know an officer or whatever a, do, a dignitary and you arrived, you'd arrive on the left side of the boat and you'd receive honors and whatever acknowledgement that you're a special person. Um, and if you wanted to not have any fuss. You told the uh, launch people to take you to the right side of the of the ship, and uh, at least that's what I've gotten from reading Master and Commander, which is <laughs> so, which yeah. is an authoritative source. Of yeah, it. welcome to Uncontrolled Waterways, the uh, the uh, maritime podcast. Oh, so is this the morning splash part? It is exactly. Yeah. All right. Someone has delivered two or three, two, uh, two. I, I don't know why I think that this is three. I hope it's a three in some way, shape, or form. Um, white boxes. This was you, right? What, what what's here? What 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 is this? Do I, should I ask? Is this appropriate? Or? This is. Uh, yeah. All right. It's, it's not very long cable, but see what you can do. This is the uh, official breakfast of uncontrolled airspace. This is uh, just two boxes of donuts to help uh, Jeff wake up this morning. Oh yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very you, much. Thank okay. You, here you. we go. All right. So, uh, um, what are we going to talk about while I play with the donuts? <laughs> we're going to talk about. Why it is you're the one playing with a donut? <laughs> because I control the horizontal, uh, horizontal, and I go. Oh, these are the on the field homemade donuts. Oh, awesome, awesome! Oh All right. Um, oh wow. All right, hang on a second here. You need to pass some of those. We're we're definitely going to pass them around here. Uh, yeah, why don't you open that up? And uh, I'm assuming that it's got the same. There's only three of us. Yeah, we, we, we have four. <laughs> And this is going to well, Jack doesn't count. This is going to do wonders for Je- for Dave's voice this morning. You would just watch. Uh, Go ahead. Um, 
So you had a choice of sugar. This is actually special. Sugar. Have you guys had the homemade donuts here for on the field? Uh, for for years and years and years, they actually have uh, you know sort of a, a Homer Price kind of you know a donut making machine. Um, down, where is it these days? It, where, it, most recently, it was just down uh, just this side of the West Ramp, right? Yeah, down there someplace. Yeah, there someplace. And uh, no one can see this. It never. <laughs> Happens. Right. Uh, this, this is almost good enough to make me come back to Oshkosh next year. Yeah, are you saying you didn't I'm know? Kidding. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, because this is this is pretty special. These are you know homemade donuts. They made them as you can feel. They're warm from coming out of the uh, the uh, fryer or whatever they call it for donuts. Yeah, and, so, the, and the benefit of the air show donuts is if nobody sees you eat it, it has no calories. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's well, your, that's, your that's first name? <laughs> Go back, going back Pete. to a nautical metaphor. Thank you, Pete, for bringing us donuts. We appreciate it. That's very nice. Thank you. Uh, really? What's going on here? Did uh, did an Air Force jet really accidentally drop bombs on Florida? And yes. Was that a good idea or a bad idea? They weren't real. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I left out the dummy bomb part. I, did, I admit it. I did leave that out. Um, well, what's that story? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do that to me? All right. So maybe... <laughs> So maybe Pete, this wasn't such he's, a good he's idea. To be a server at the local restaurant. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he did exactly what you described: an unnamed Air Force person in an unnamed Air Force jet on a low-level route in Florida, of which we have many, 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 many. Gladly, in the middle of absolutely nowhere, um, accidentally hit the wrong button, and the dummy bombs went away. That's the story. Okay. This is why they it was a slow news day. What do you want? I, but <laughs> what I'm trying to establish here is whether or not we could describe the pilot as a Florida man. No, we can't. <laughs> we know nothing about the pilot. Oh, I just realized what I just did. He may not. <laughs> Amy's from Florida. She's probably one of those folks who's a little touchy hey, about this well, whole thing. We also, we also don't know if, if the pilot was a male or a female. Exactly. Oh, okay. And P.S., there is a low-level run that goes on the downwind of my airport. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. Really? Yeah, the Coast Guard comes by all the time on it. What, uh, uh, and what exactly does that mean, low-level run? What happens? <laughs> High speed jet traffic through, you know, uncontrolled airspace in the pattern at an airport with one two two point nine. <laughs> what do you think happens? And, and, no, I, I don't and know. no donuts. That's the critical part. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I'm trying to read this story. I got to eat if, this if faster. Person's name here. All right. Well, you know, he, he may not be eligible for the. Florida man designation. If it's a guy, he may not meet the residential uh, residency right. requirement. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it could certainly be argued, but I think if you're going to drop dummy bombs on the state, you're pretty much de facto a resident of that state. <laughs> I think. Well, oh, I don't know. Yeah, you're. 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 Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, at least for legal proceedings. Yeah. Know. All right. Okay. Um, uh, uh, not surprisingly, this story doesn't seem to name the pilot involved here. Um, but he was he or she were was from the the let's see now the so it says the squadron. Um, no, he's from Moody Air Force Base. So he was a Georgia. Oh, well, that he, explains he was everything. A, a Georgia person. He's a Georgia man. Georgia person. Uh, but yeah. So okay. Um, and I can say that. 
uh, dropped bombs on nowhere. So, or dropped not bombs on yeah. not any place real. All right. Slow news day, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's not like this is the first time this has happened. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, well, wait a minute. Well, when else has it happened? Tell me. What's well, your, you're there, thinking of something. There have been dummy bombs dropped in the wrong place before. There have been dummy live bombs dropped in the wrong place before. Why do you think they do practice runs, Jack? Now that you you have a mouthful. You did that on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so go ahead, David. Donut payback. I don't know. Go ahead. Oh, it's really good, though. Cinnamon. Cinnamon sure covered donut. Yeah. (laughs) So tell us. We're making a run on donuts. You realize that, yeah, right? Yeah. No, it's good. Good. It's worth, yeah, everyone, if you haven't done the homemade donuts at Oshkosh, yeah, you got to go. Because, I mean, and he walked down here. I mean, you can get them. <laughs> you can wait in line, and while you're waiting in line, you watch them making the donuts that you're about to order. They'll come out of the cooker, and they'll put them in the tray, and they'll sugar or, or cinnamon them or whatever it is they're doing to them. And uh, and then you say, I'll take those. And, yeah, truly, it's awesome. Um, so... Uh, have you ever dropped anything out of your airplane purposely or unpurposely? Uh, yeah, unpurposely. That's a word, right? Yeah. Not on purpose. I think is is that's okay. the standard English expression. But unpurposely, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that that does work. Okay. <laughs> Have you? Uh, no. I mean, I've been in a flower bombing contest, but that was sanctioned, well, and you know, I'm not very good at it. Uh-huh. Is what we discovered. Yeah. Um, how about you guys? Dropped anything out of your airplane? Jeb, I know you want to... Not that I remember. You're, you're hot for the whole subject of dropping cats out of airplanes, I know. That's a thing for you. That's... Yeah, that's that harks back a few cats, years. Cats with parachutes, I believe. <clears throat> um, the story was uh, lacking that detail. Lacking that detail, or there was no parachute? I don't think there was a parachute. I think that was kind of whole, the whole point of the story. Uh, yes, because the cat... And I don't think, quite frankly, the cat was thrown out of the airplane well, as much as the cat fell out of the airplane, something like the, that. The, this is a Gordon Baxter story, right? Back, yeah, this goes back 20, 30, 40 right. years, a Gordon Baxter a column, in, uh, a couple of columns, actually, in, in Flying Magazine, where there was this urban myth of a skydiving cat. Um, um, two guys and a champ in, in East Texas had nothing else better to do except train their cat to... Uh, in this case, I think fall out of a out of a champ, um, and of course Gordon Baxter got to it and, and deployed his journalistic skills and um, didn't really manage to talk to the guys or the cat even, but he did talk to people who knew about the story. You know, it goes on and on, but um, the story basically goes: the the cat would be ejected somehow from the champ. And by the time the pilots got the champ back down on the ground, the cat would be sitting there licking his paws, ready for another go. Um, and it falls down from there, of course. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. That cat went on to be a skydiving champion, by the way. Yeah, okay. Because, <laughs> oh, see, that's, it sounds like you're sneaking up on a diss of people who jump well, out of airplanes. The, the terminal velocity of a cat is less than the terminal velocity of a human because of the fur. Okay. The stuff that fur creates drag. And I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> <clears throat> Amy, flower bombing. You were you any good at it? No. Yeah. I Number mean, one. Anybody here in the audience participated in one of these flower bombing or, or yeah? How'd you do? 
poorly. Okay, yeah, it's it's it's, it's tough. I would imagine it's remarkably hard, way harder than you. Oh yeah, well, I'll just drop it. Boom, it's there. Right? No, you miss by. Not only forward and back, but left and right. And, yeah, uh, you got to calculate trajectories. You got to really understand the wind, and you have to have a consistent pilot. Yeah, who's actually listening to you? Yeah, there's a lot of things that have to go right. You know what would be really close. cool though? Now in this day and age of little you know maker stuff and little uh, Arduino computers, we need to make a, a, a flower bombing Norden gun sight. All right. There you go. How about, yeah. how about a Norton? You could do that, right? You make something that had a little down-facing camera that and tell it the wind, and it will adjust and tell you when to be. It'll push the button. Oh, there we go. Now we're talking. You can get your, you can get your wind data from your air data computer. There you go, yeah. You get your altitude and velocity from your GPS. Um, this this could be done. Yeah. Or you could just go down to the AgGUI booth. Yeah. Agnav, yeah, and they put those into the air tractors, and and they actually calculate all of that so that the spray stays on the field, right. and they yeah. tell them what altitude to spray. Really, yeah, and okay. It goes on and off automatically based on the on the wind. They have their own pitot tube. It's a really cool product. It does sound product, cool, and it would work for flower bombing. I believe that. Sure would. Sure it would, and and okay, <laughs> yeah. Um, Maybe a little pricey, but I'm just saying. If so the you one, really want to go there. So the, up in New England, there's a, a, a particular airport that does a particular holiday event that um, they don't drop. It's as you can imagine you know, from the story, it's Hall- Halloween based. They drop pumpkins, yeah. okay, and. Um, and they don't merely do it like on the field where there's a big open stretch of grass. So this is um, uh, the town of Sanford, Maine. I don't know if anybody's familiar with New England and, and, and Maine. The town of Sanford, Maine. Um, uh, Sanford, Maine is in a kind of a quaint little old you know New Englandish town. Um, and uh, you know mill buildings in the middle of town and a river that goes through the middle of town because that's how they used to get their power. Um, and the airport is a little bit outside of town to the uh, you know sort of southeast. And the uh, pumpkin bomb contestants would launch out of Sanford Airport and fly and it's all very carefully um, um, you know navigate you know planned out and they'd fly this route up into the middle of town along the river where the river widens into sort of a lake right and the target was floating on a boat in the middle of the lake in this pond in the middle of downtown and these airplanes would fly at a relatively low altitude in order to you know um, fly up Main Street basically all right in the middle of town drop their pumpkins on the lake hopefully all right and then you know recover off in some direction and uh, I never actually witnessed this but it, it always sounded scary to me whenever I heard it you know it's like because what could possibly go wrong flying with pumpkins ready to fall out of the airplane through downtown areas and anyways I don't know yeah, yeah. dropping pumpkins pumpkin pie uh, I've done both the flower and the pumpkin drop yeah. right and uh, yeah and how'd you when do they, when they first called me up yeah hey, yeah I'm going to be doing this contest out at such and such airport. Would you be interested in being my bombardier? Sure. And I had visions of the giant pumpkins that they're selling at the farmer's market. Got that big around. Window came open. Oh, I I did great. I got it on the airport. And that's about as close as I got. Okay. Um, It says here that a Delta pilot arrested a passenger. We can do that now? 
<laughs> yeah, well, that's what I wanted. That was sort of where I was going with this. Yeah. Um, did, 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 are you familiar with this? I posted it. I think you did. Yeah. Okay. So what's I, what happened? I'm not familiar with it. Though. Yeah. Okay. See. Uh. <laughs> Normally we do this podcast with them both sitting at their computers, and so um, I, I think it's um, in between um, rounds of computer solitaire they can look things up and uh uh, pilots cannot arrest passengers let's put that out there first can really isn't the captain of a flight show me on your air air, your pilot certificate where it says you have arresting powers it doesn't say that on yours pilots can marry passengers why can't they arrest them now okay can they temporarily go final authority on the aircraft Hey, there we go. I like that. Yes, yep. final authority, yes, that, ultimate this, final this authority true, but, on the aircraft. But, and you can certainly, um, yeah, do whatever you need to do to ensure the safety of the aircraft. But I don't think that extends to arrest. I'm just saying we don't have law enforcement powers. Well, yeah. they put them in tie wrap handcuffs. Yeah, that's not well. I mean, that's um, securing the airplane. <laughs> well, that's yet another one of the carryovers from maritime law. Uh, uh, yeah, okay, there you go. So, you guys are not a lot of help this morning. Well, we, no, I think we have a theme here. <laughs> What's carryovers that? from maritime law to aviation. Oh, okay, all I'm right. I'm telling you, we just keep coming back. All right, so they so, also have donuts in maritime. Yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. They, uh, so. You you can't arrest them, but you can you can secure them, them, right? Yes, and then and then and then hand them over to uh, to the. I had this image of of taking the unruly. You know, scan the story. Maybe that would help us. You know. Yeah, all right. I'll do that. A little bit more. I'll do that. I had this funny image though of of the unruly passenger. You 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 hand the unruly passenger a cat and throw them both out of the air. Uh, and if they hit the target, you win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and right. what do you win? Nine black cats. <laughs> hang on, it's on here someplace. Uh, 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 hang on. Oh, and as you can tell, this is all highly researched. Delta and, pilot and rehearsed in advance. Here it is, right here. I mean, I got it right here. Okay, so let's see now. What? 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 Who? Whose story is this? This is. Uh, oh, this is from Boston Channel Seven News website. Delta pilot arrests passenger. New York-bound plane returns to Puerto Rico. A Delta airline pilot arrested a passenger who tried to enter the cockpit in an incident that forced a New York plane to... 30-year-old... Let's see now. Police said that the passenger, Carlos R., his, know, and uh, became aggressive and tried to enter the pa- cockpit. Uh, okay. Yeah, all right. He, he deserved... Maybe, maybe he read uh, the story. I'm going to let you guys read the story later on, but in my opinion, he deserved to be restrained here. He was, maybe, he maybe he read the story about the stolen airplane and wanted to get his free pilot. Yeah. License. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. Um, have you had a passenger that you wanted to arrest? And he's sitting right here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've I've had a couple that I've relocated on the fly, yeah. which is why my rotator cuffs are so bad now. Wait a minute, what do you mean by well, relocated? You 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 made threw them out of the out of the front passenger seat into the back, literally in, in flight. Yes. Yikes! They were that, small. Yeah, they were relatively small. It was under seventy pounds worth of. So we're talking passenger. children, all right? Yeah. Okay, but still unruly. Unruly passenger. Uh, all kidding that's aside, what we're talking about right? all kidding aside, that sounds like a little bit of a of a thing to get him from the front seat to the back seat. What airplane was this? The, that was a two ten. But uh, the, really, honestly, it was mostly 
uh, I have things to do and you are distracting Well, of course. So that's totally legitimate. <laughs> I, it's the, the act of moving f- between the front and back seats in an fl- in a, in a airplane in flight seems a little problematic. Right? One more time, adrenaline and rotator cuff never the same again. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, so... Uh, how about you guys? Anybody you... Uh... I've already answered that question. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Had an elderly gentleman... Yeah? ...who was invited to uh, ride down to the monthly Ponca City, Oklahoma breakfast. And the guy that invited him, uh, 182, and miscounted. He invited four people to ride with him. He said, I'll, I'll give the gentleman a lift. In his 80s... Uh, military pilot uh, wasn't flying anymore got him in the right seat of the Comanche it's 7.30 in the morning, it's already 90 and pushing and I go down to the run-up pad at Augusta, Kansas airport and I start to run my final departure checks and before I did my mag check I pulled the mixture, well before I taxied I pulled the mixture knob out and the guy looked at me funny Got down to the run-up pad, reached it, leaned it, did the mag jack. He reached over and smacked my hand on the on the red knob. Says, Didn't they teach you never to lean on the ground? And said, "Yes, sir, they did. Uh, they also taught me to lean for density altitude." And right now we're at five thousand feet, CA. And if you do that again. <laughs> Your elderly butt's going out the door. I don't care where we are. Okay. <laughs> he bought me breakfast. <laughs> like, yeah, you're right. You know, I just we just didn't practice that lean on the ground stuff for the density altitude back when I flew. Well, welcome to the brave new world. Now, shut up, tighten your seatbelt. We're going to be late for breakfast. Yeah, there's this new thing, uh, new last 20 years compared new new compared to when i was learning to fly the intercom now has an isolate switch <laughs> yeah i love uh, yeah. that switch and you are really good at that isolate switch too that goes back to anybody who's listening 400. To episode 400 um which was a lot of fun episode where we went flying one day in florida and uh, and and dave and i i I guess I shouldn't speak for Dave, but I'm pretty sure it's true that, that because it was for me that we really tried to be careful about you know not talking over the when the radio was talking to Jeb and 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 you know not not um, you know contaminating the the cockpit at the wrong times and and doing those kinds of things and I thought we did a pretty good job um, at the time and it was only later when I was listening to the episode and, and editing it that there were times when first of all I heard the call then that I didn't hear in the airplane and there were also times when it was just apparent that. Jeb disappeared from the <laughs> Jeb's voice disappeared because he had isolated us because I heard the call come in but I didn't hear the response but then later on it became apparent that you so you you were isolating us more than we realized he was very very generous that day because we were we were you know it was a weird situation to begin with flying and uh, adult children in the airplane yeah well what is it you like to say Jeb the only thing more dangerous than an airplane with one pilot is an airplane with two pilots yes. yeah um, so and we had three. And we had and only two were within reach of the controls. Yeah, so it was it was a fun day though. If you haven't heard, listen to episode four hundred. I, I I recommend it. I enjoy listening to it, and uh, we had a good time. We 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 jumped in his Baron one morning um, and flew 
flew down to. Which way did we go first? I think we went to you second. I think we went up to James first because James spent winters in St. Augustine. And we flew up there and visited with James. And then we flew back down south and visited Amy down in. uh, in Oh, yeah, that was the day of the sun kissed cake. Yes, yes, baked yes. you guys a cake. That's right. We were right. your mind. <laughs> she made us a cake. It was great. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a fun episode. It actually became two episodes. It was so long, but uh, that was a good one. Um, this guy rolled a baron. You, uh, so, and from the picture, and all all we get here when I go to this link is the uh, uh, is an Instagram um, image of uh, here it is that is reminiscent of the famous um, Bob Hoover uh, maneuver. Right. When Bob Hoover poured a glass of, I don't tea, know, tea or something coffee. like that, um, while doing a role in his uh, in his commander, um, and it's just a remarkable. How many people here have seen? Have you seen this video I'm talking about? Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. It shows. I mean, excuse me, just for the benefit of the folks here, in the, I don't know if I can turn this around, but it, um, he mounted. He, he made a little fancy mount and put the cup on, basically on the pan, on the, uh, the, the the windscreen the. Uh, Glare shield. Glare shield. Thank you. Isn't that a sporty's cup holder? Yeah, and then he and then he was holding the the you know the bottle or the teacup or, or the teapot or whatever it was in one hand while flying the airplane with the other hand, and the camera was looking sort of from the back forward so you could see all this and see out the front window, and and then he rolled he rolled the airplane you know sort of a barrel roll kind of thing, and what so as a result he maintained positive G's the whole time, and while rolling the airplane he poured a, the, the tea into the cup. All right. Um, and it's just remarkable. It's just a, it's a, you know, one of many measures of what a remarkable pilot and, Bob and Hoover was. There really wasn't anything holding the cup on the glare shield. Was that just sitting there? I can see in the example here, it appears to be tied down. But yeah, the, well, that, that in the reproduction, this is that a, guy's halfway to Bob Hoover's maneuver. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but that was pretty remarkable. It's on YouTube. If you go you go into YouTube and find it, you'll see that the, the Bob Hoover thing was pretty pretty crazy. Oh, he, what's, what's not on YouTube is the uh, number of tries he had to make to get that. Right. Well, with this guy or yeah, Bob Hoover? This guy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, this guy probably, I would imagine. I mean, I, sure. If you can maybe accomplish it once, that's good for me. I don't know. But uh, how many here people here have actually were here to see, we're anywhere to see Bob Hoover fly back in the day? Um, if you missed Bob Hoover, it's, I'm sorry because it, it was a remarkable thing to see him fly. He just, you know, flew this this uh, what uh, Rockwell Commander that was his really famous airplane although he occasionally did routines in a he had this yellow P51 that he used to fly old, all the time old yeller yeah um, and to see him fly that airplane and and to do these engine out things and uh, and it was crazy wonderful flying oh the stuff he did in the Shrike Commander was jaw dropping yeah. I mean, yeah one engine feathered two engines feathered one gear down one up and he touched down and pulled out and then he Come down, engines feathered, pull up, do a slow roll, come back around, land, dead stick. And roll out where he started from. Yeah. Yeah. And roll up to show center and step out of the, because it had that side door on that commander. He'd step out the side door and wave his hat to the crowd. It was great. Yeah, he was a master of energy conservation. Exactly right, yeah. Yeah. And, And that doesn't come without lots and lots of practice so it's definitely everything we talk about is a please don't try this at home (laughs) these are professional stunt pilots but (laughs) if i steal two airplanes they'll give me free flying lessons and uh well there's your incentive yeah there we go 
um, reaching the end of our allotted time here, uh, we're, we're, and we're also reaching the end of our week here at uh, Oshkosh Air Venture. Um, Amy, what what I'm going to ask everybody this, but uh, anything particularly notable this week past? Yeah, actually, I've had a lot of fun talking about the future and the next decade because here we are in 2019. Um, met some fascinating people um, who are working with hybrid engines and on electric and getting very, very close to something viable. And I truly believe that within the next decade, we're going to see an absolute revolution in propulsion systems. I'm not sure how close we are to the urban air mobility at this time, but I do believe that the, that the problems with urban air mobility that relate to propulsion systems and noise and um, and efficiency are going to get solved and then we'll be able to have these VTOL aircraft as we move forward. So I, I'm really fascinated by it and very energized. I heard there's upwards of 170 companies with proposals out there. Really? Okay. making the FAA go, oh, no, 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 no. We'll be able to handle it certification-wise. We'll be able to handle it. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Because we're not happy until you're not happy. Um, so um, yeah, I agree. 170, but because I, I was, I was uh, found it notable that there's must be eight or ten different programs just on display here this week um, of various multi-rotor rotor human carrying aircraft programs um, and some of them are you know just designs now some of them are pretty close to flying some of them are pretty scary but well but did you notice that continental is continental aerospace technologies not continental motors anymore i didn't notice that um and that explains why they have their primary booth and show center selling tires i i found that odd it's um, not the same continental it, it's not okay i did that's what i was wondering about it's not so well that's it, not confusing. It's even from a different continent. That's but. not confusing. Uh, why did you allow that? So, <laughs> um, but multi, multi-rotor um, human-carrying craft. So some of them are pretty cool, and I'm looking forward to having a chance to fly some of them someday, I hope. Um, but one of them I don't want to fly. Which so one? The one that's, that bills itself as like the world's first... Um, um, jet uh, electric jet pack. Did you see this one? Yeah. So basically, it's got this kind of rig that you strap into, all right, um, and then, you know, shoulder straps or however, are you strap into it, and then, but you are strapped in right in the middle of the structure that isn't more than a few inches around, away from your body, all right, and in this structure are about 15 or 18 six-inch electric ducted motors, all right? And they're all right there, and um, and presumably... But they're ducted. Yeah, right, okay, I don't know. Um, the other one that's uh, scary, the one that's got a seat that's kind of up high in the center, and then four big blades in, you know, it's like... The computer's flying you, come on. Yeah, no, that, that, well, I don't oh, want... Oh, just like the airlines. Yeah, right, yeah. okay. Oh, great. Yeah, okay. So... Uh, yeah, I'm with. What could go wrong? Absolutely. No, so I'm. Those are the ones that scare me. The ones that I like a lot. The Volocopter is the one that I'm particularly fond of. There's a handful of these uh, programs that I think sound pretty interesting and don't seem terribly scary to me. They're they're very interesting. But the honestly, what you need to understand about that next version of all this stuff is what I just said. The computer's flying. You're not. 
They're well, not flying those drones right now. The computer's doing all of the hard work. They're just moving a little joystick around. Oh, that's okay. That part's okay with me. I, it, you know, especially with a, a unstable aircraft like a helicopter. I let it do the stabilization, and I'll do the go there, go up, go down kind of commands. Okay. I don't like. I don't know. I like being the brain. Yeah. Well. Okay. <laughs> I mean, in your case, that makes sense. In my case, maybe not a good idea. <laughs> Jeb, what did you see this week? I, I would echo uh, uh, Amy's observation. I guess um, I, I was at an air show last month uh, in another uh, continent, <laughs> um, and one of the um, news stories out of that show was, in fact, uh, electric aircraft, electric power mm-hmm. yep. aircraft. Uh, that's going to be, I think, one of the, the, the new things, big new things in, as far as certification is concerned, as far as aircraft design and construction is concerned. Um, but there's still a bunch of hurdles. Uh, there were a bunch of vendors, bunch bunch of people exhibiting at that show, and uh, it was one of the recurring themes. My only comment is I, I don't see that electric-powered aircraft have risen to that same level here at this show. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. And I, I, I don't know how to quantify it. I can't quantify it, but it just doesn't seem like they're getting the same level of attention that they, that they did. Okay. I'm not saying that's bad or good. Um, the difference is the cost of avgas here versus there. I won't disagree with that. That's a, that's a very good point. Yeah. Okay. David, uh, how about uh, anything stands out for you this week? Yeah, the, uh, a vehicle that was here to announce that <clears throat> their development was starting. And at breakfast uh, yesterday morning, I met one of the early customers, and it's a drivable airplane called Switchblade down there, and they're flying it, which I, when it first showed up, I would have given you zero odds on that actually reaching fruition and, and getting air between the tires and the ground. Uh the other thing was uh, everything else I've seen that really juiced my interest was uh, in the avionics area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Garmin, as usual on Sunday, uh, unloaded on us a bunch of stuff: uh, new cheap, new IFR GPS com, and uh, the little USB charger port. They're they're late to the party with that one. They're not usually late to the party with that. Uh, is this the three hundred dollar panel mount one or no? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Go ahead. And uh, starting to see more uh, interest from the conventional battery companies uh-huh. who've been clinging to their absorbent gas mat technology and trying to choose a little more life out of that. I mean, power wise, they're fine, but. Uh, they're all starting to take a look at lithium-ion batteries now that True Blue has actually made it a, su- a success. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that that I keep watching because I, I want to put a lithium-ion battery in my kit plane when it's when, when I get to that point. Uh, because the weight savings are dramatic. I mean, there's an 11-pound difference between an AGM battery of uh, that technology and the same size... Uh, lithium-ion battery, 11 pounds, just just in a small battery. And the lithium-ion has more storage capacity. It has uh, better power density. 
Uh, and if it's like lithium-ion batteries and a lot of other stuff, it should outlast the lead, the wet cell batteries. So uh, stay tuned. Somebody soon is going to get one of those approved for Part 23 airplanes that doesn't cost what it costs. And my friends at mm-hmm. True Blue out okay. in East Wichita. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, quickly, shout-outs here. Um, I have a, a, a – my, and, and I'm going to take the good one. Um, and my first shout-out here is um, to everybody who came to the tie-down party last night, and a bunch of you are here. Um, we, we really want to thank you. Um, you. You know, you all tell us thank you for the beer, and we're glad to provide it. But we really enjoy visiting with you guys and meeting you, and it's always just a blast. And so I just want to do a shout-out to everybody. who It was a great crowd, a big crowd and a great crowd. Yeah. Um, and uh, we enjoyed that a lot. So that's my shout-out is to everybody who came to the tie-down party last night. Um, and uh, if you're, you know, listen to this later on, uh, mark your calendar for uh, 2020 on Thursday night. Uh, you know, it, it'll probably be, we'll probably have another one of these, we don't know where it's going to be things up until the last minute, unfortunately. It's only 360 days to the next Oshkosh. That's oh, right. man, we're already but, behind on our planning. But it will be on Thursday night, so uh, mark your calendars. Uh, thank you to everybody who came to that. Uh, you guys got any shout-outs? I know, Amy, you got to jump and run pretty soon. We're, gonna, we're almost done, though. Oh, yeah, my shout-out goes to all of the St. Clouds. State University students who have been running the EAA radio station. They have done a phenomenal job. As they do most every every year. Not most, every year. Yeah. Yeah. Good good crew over there. Yep. Uh, My shout out is to, uh, of course, all of you attendees here at these these, uh, live episodes. Uh, but also to all the, the denizens back at Camp Bacon for, mm-hmm. for making this uh, a very enjoyable, stress-free week. Um, it's uh, it's one of the reasons I keep coming back. Yeah, yeah. For those of you who don't know, we, we the last few years we've been staying camping up in Camp Scholler um, in a in a little uh, small group campment called we call Camp Bacon, um, which comes from the fact that they once or twice throughout the week will do this big. We'll just maybe maybe may just grill up a bunch of bacon. That's all we'll have. And that's, that happened last night, as a matter of fact. Yeah. It's uh, but so, they saved some for us. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the uh, the grand total, you know, lost years of life from eating all that bacon last <laughs> night. Um, but it was good. It was really good. So we stay at Camp Bacon, and it's a great crowd. Um, it's been going on. We've been there for about two or three years now, three or four years now. This is at least the third. Year. Yeah, um, but it's been going on. Camp Bacon's existed. It's it's mostly computer people, technology people, podcast people, that kind of thing. And it's a great group. And uh, I think them for having us it's a it's a real pleasure uh david any shout out before we wrap this thing up absolutely uh my shout out goes to the eaa crews that responded to the emergency the crisis the chaos that accompanied last week's rain yeah uh arranging to get tractors in to pull you know class great big 60-foot rvs out of the, the the muck uh crews out with vacuum trucks sucking up water, standing water puddles on the uh, roads through Camp Schaller, uh, coming back and filling with rock and gravel in some of the low spots, uh, and managing to pull it off in a way that they were distributing campers in empty lots around town, across the street at an old outlet mall and campgrounds elsewhere. we really were not happy with what happened on one day when we were trying to get off the premises to get our press credentials. And while we're in the building, the road that we were supposed to go back on closed. Yeah, it was we looked crazy. down it, and there were campers 
down both sides. They've been there overnight, yeah. waiting for it to open up. Uh, I think considering the uh, challenges, they did a uh, phenomenal job. And my last shout-out is to this guy, Charlie Becker, who there always is. manages to help us c- come together on this thing. And uh, Charlie was instrumental. Charlie and, and, uh, and Farid. Um, basically started the tie-down party, sort of, in yes, a way. Exactly. Um, oh, absolutely. Back yeah. on episode 200, they gifted us with a whole bunch of beers, like very nearly 200 beers. And and we didn't know what to do with them, so we said, let's have a party. And we did, and that was the first tie-down party, because Charlie and Farid uh, did that for us. That was really cool. Um, do you have one more, Jeb? I was going to do uh, Charlie, but I, I will also thank you for oh. working with Charlie and putting all this together. And uh, uh, making sure the, the the cats got herded and, and uh, um, all of that, I, everything you do, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I appreciate yeah. it. It's fun. Uh, thank you to you guys for coming out this morning. It's a blast. We always love meeting with you, and we're going to hang around for a little bit. I think Amy's got to run, but the rest of us will stick around and, and chat if anybody cares to. Uh, appreciate that. Um, that's Amy Laboda. Thank you, Amy. Appreciate it. Uh, Jeb Burnside, Dave Higdon. I'm Jack Hodgson. David, was there something you wanted to tell us? Well, if you look at the average age around here, I think it. Uh, it uh, confirms what I've been saying all along. Time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. Bye-bye. And that's enough talking. Let's go flying. We're going to need a bigger donut. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone. That was great.